is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. In the battle against anti-Semitism, ADL's daily work responding to anti-Semitic incidents is a key component of a broader response to such hatred. Once a year, ADL compiles all of that data from around the country, analyzes it, and puts out ADL's annual audit of anti-Semitic incidents. It is relied upon each year as the standard by which our leaders, media, and so many others take the temperature of anti-Semitism in this country. It will not be news to the listeners of this show that the temperature is reaching a fever pitch. The 2022 audit was just released, and I have asked Emily Snyder, to join me on today's show to discuss the audit numbers and to offer a behind-the-scenes perspective. She's an anti-Semitic incident specialist at ADL Center on Extremism, and I'm so pleased to say welcome, Emily, to From the Frontlines. Thank you so much, Scott, and thank you for having me today. So, Emily, I characterized anti-Semitism in this country as reaching a fever pitch. Back me up here. How bad have things become, at least according to the audit? Yeah, so in 2022, we saw a 36% increase in anti-Semitic incidents compared to 2021 for a total of 3,697 incidents of harassment, vandalism, and assault from across the country. In fact, almost every single category we count and catalog saw increases. And I know that was a record number. Correct. So we had never seen so many anti-Semitic incidents. And I know ADL is extremely careful about what it counts in the audit and rejects many reported incidents. Uh, indeed, my understanding is that there were some 12,000 incidents reported to ADL in 2022 and less than 4,000 actually made it into the audit. Why? What, what gets counted in the audit? There are many reasons why individuals submit incident reports to ADL. Um, some you know, as we know from the audit, are, include anti-Semitic incidents. Um, some are other forms of hatred um, that ADL provides support and services to members of the community on. Um, but there are some incidents that either don't make the audit because they don't fit the criteria. Um, and there, there are some, you know, duplicates that happen. We do receive incident data from partner organizations, law enforcement, um, as well as directly from individuals. Um, so there is some amount of uh, deduplication that needs to happen um, in order to ensure that every single one of the incidents that are included in the audit are individual incidents, um, and that way we're not double-counting incidents. More broadly than that, there are buckets of incidents that uh, we don't include um, as we only report incidents targeting individuals and, and groups of individuals. Uh, help us understand that aspect of the audit. Yeah, so the audit at its core um, tells the story of individuals or small groups of Jewish people or people who are perceived to be Jewish, their experiences with anti-Semitism in the United States in any given year. So there are whole categories of incidents we don't include in the audit, including you know, general online incidents um, or incidents that involve national public figures, as an example. 
Is there a way to quantify the sum total of anti-Semitism in this country? I think that it's very, very difficult, especially given um, how much anti-Semitism we see online. Um, ADL does try to do this through a variety of different reports, including analysis and snapshot views of, you know, Twitter on a certain given time to uh, see how much anti-Semitism is there. We survey Jewish individuals to see what their experiences are and so on and so forth. Um, But it's very, very difficult to, you know, expect that one report or one survey would really be able to encompass the the problem, the scourge that anti-Semitism is. Is it fair to say, though, that you you keep this uh, to very defined characteristics so that you really are able to compare apples and apples each year? Correct. And that, that is what is critically important with the audit is maintaining that methodology year over year. That way um, folks can trust ADL's numbers and know when we do report increases, like 36% increase in total incidents from last year or from 2021 to 2022, they know that they can believe that information. And, of course, we've been doing this since 1979. That is correct. So well over 40 years of experience of documenting and reporting out anti-Semitic incidents year over year. Now, many of us are extremely concerned about anti-Israel activity on campus, and, and uh, many of those activities are speech-related, uh, which, it, from your description, are, are not included. How are those incidents accounted for? There are cases um, where we do count anti-Israel or anti-Zionist activity on campus, um, but the audit does not count many of the pressures and challenges students on campus face, such as BDS resolutions, sometimes exclusion from Jewish life, self-censorship, et cetera. Um, for that, we do have the Campus Anti-Semitism Report, um, which is another resource that um, our researchers work on every year. With that said, of course, uh, we did count quite a number of anti-Semitic incidents on campus, but just those that, that targeted individuals or groups of individuals. Correct. There were well over 200 campus incidents from 130 campuses across the country that were included in the 2022 audit. And, and a significant increase. Correct. Correct. Uh, so in my opening, I characterized the audit as the standard in this country. Uh, can you unpack why that's the case? That is in part because ADL has been doing this since the 1970s, um, but it's also because of our rigorous methodology, I believe. Um, as you mentioned earlier, ADL received well over 12,000 reports last year, and less than 4,000 of them were included in the audit. We take this very seriously and do our very best to vet and get third-party data on every single incident that crosses our way. Um, it is difficult work that, you know, takes the effort of the entire agency, including our 25 regional offices, to ensure that every single incident that's included in the audit is credible. As the director of one of those regional offices, I can attest to that. Very difficult and painstaking work. Um, and, you know, we can all become numb when exposed to so much hate, even hate that's rising the way it it has been for the past few years. Was there anything, though, that was surprising about this year's figures that made you sit up and, and really take notice besides the, the sheer volume? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Scott. 
Um, I always tell folks, uh, not a whole lot surprises me anymore because I see this all day, every day. Um, but one thing that has still stuck with me, um, even weeks after writing the report, is when I was going through the Brooklyn incidents, actually, um, I was reading through every single incident trying to find duplicates, which, you know, as you can imagine, is a painstaking process, again, to ensure that every single incident in the audit um, is credible and, and, you know, is only in there once. Um, but when I was reading through the Brooklyn incidents, I really realized just how violent those incidents are. And um, it really stuck with me and has been um, something I've thought a lot about over the last few weeks. Um, and I know you think a lot about that as the regional director of the New York office, um, but it just goes to show just how important self-care is during this work because we do see terrible stuff every single day. But in order to continue to do this important work, we need to practice good, strong self-care to ensure the longevity of our, of our work. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and of course, in response to those elevated incidents in, in Brooklyn and, and particularly, uh, horrific physical violence, ADL New York, New Jersey has just announced that it will be opening a satellite office in Brooklyn. Uh, and that, um, hopefully will be uh, taking place in the next few weeks, the opening of that office. Uh, so one final question, uh, in the last part of the show. How is it that Emily Snyder became an anti-Semitic incident specialist? I wish I had a good answer to that question, but um, my career journey has been a, a windy journey, to say the least. But when I first started my career, I started uh, working for the University of Florida Hillel. And shortly after I arrived at campus is when Charlottesville happened, um, where we saw uh, neo-Nazis chanting, Jews will not replace us. And... You know, a couple months after that event is when Richard Spencer himself came to the University of Florida campus. And that that um, experience was wildly traumatic. Um, and ADL was there to support me and my organization through that moment. And when it was time for me to go on my next, uh, my next journey, I looked to ADL to be a part of that experience. And I'm so thankful to work for an incredible organization doing such important work. Well, Emily, you do have a good reason uh, for being an anti-Semitic incident specialist. And, and really, this is such difficult work. And I'm, I'm grateful for heroes like you that, that bear the brunt of this day in and day out. So thank you for your incredible work and for being on today's show. Thank you so much, Scott. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.